Hello and welcome to Naked and a Little Bit Afraid with Mel and Kay. Join us as we peel back the layers into a space of vulnerability, unscripted, unfiltered, 100% us, fully clothed. Thank you, Mel. Oh my gosh. Mel has been like talking me through this all week because I've been fangirling hard about our next guest. <laughs> so um, I want to properly introduce her by reading her bio and then I'll introduce you to her of how I know her. So today on Naked and a Little Bit Afraid, we have Marsha stripping with us. And um, she is a storytelling NLP trainer, public, oh, sorry, speaker, publisher, and author, two-time podcaster. Marsha is the six-time best-selling author of When She Stopped Asking Why. She shares her lessons as a parent who dealt with teen substance abuse that tore her family unit apart. Marsha has been published seven times. Most recently, with her co-platform, Everybody Holds a Story, and she is on a mission to continue to help women and men to speak, share, and publish their stories through her tools, Outspoken, NLP, Certification Programs, Coaching, and Podcast. Marsha teaches the power of radical responsibility and owning your choices in your own life. She empowers people how to heal and own their stories, be conscious leaders, and build platform businesses that create massive impact. <laughs> you know it's going to be a good one. <laughs> um, so I met Marsha, oh, that probably would have been a year ago next month. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard her speak at... Um, uh, cult, the, at Cultivate and it was just so impactful for me I wish that I was I still had that notebook but it's in Canada and I just was like writing like a mad woman I just Marsha gave me the words to everything that I was feeling like I knew the importance of sharing our story I just didn't know how to put it in words and so then after she came off the stage I was like got to talk to her. I really got to talk to her. I don't know, though. <laughs> and then we just started a conversation. And like from that moment forward, I've just been so grateful um, for you. And I've just been following your work. And I just it's so inspiring. So thank you very much for being here with us. And welcome. Thank you so much for the intro for everything that you've said. And I'm going to put your mind a little bit at ease. I'm definitely human. I'm definitely, it's all good. Um, But I want you to know that if I inspire you, it's because that's already available in you. Like you see that because it's available for you. That's, that's just how it works. Sure. We're only two minutes in. Gosh, darn it. (laughs) I love that. Thank you. Welcome. Um. I think like, I mean, I think that this podcast could be seven hours long because you just bring such a wealth of information to the table. Um, But I think a place that I would really love to start is just with this question, like, what does owning your story mean to you? And why is that important? That is a great question. And it is like, I... 
it was probably when a lot of things changed for me. So when, how I equate owning your story is like owning my part in my story, what my story is, what I've walked through, who I am as a person now. The challenge is, is that the things that happen to us, most of us are feeling like tremendous amount of shame and guilt and regret and heaviness. And we hide those parts of ourselves. We hide them because we don't want anyone else to know But in the depths of it, we're wishing we didn't have to carry it. We're wishing that we didn't have to hide it because it's exhausting. It's like wearing all those different masks. And that's what I was doing for the longest time is that I was in all these spaces of trying to figure out how to show up, how to share, how to navigate energy, navigate life that we were still walking through challenges that I wasn't owning anything. And for me, I had to get to a space of like owning my story meant using my voice, sharing it, sharing what I walked through and doing it from a lens, like from a lens of love, but from a lens of not defending my spot, but just sharing it. And I think we spend so long trying to like justify, explain our, what we've walked through And it's not the point, like it's actually not the point. So owning your story, I often say, if you don't own your story, it owns you. And that's what it did for me. It owned me and it it blocked me from so many things in my life because I was constantly running around with all these different masks on. And when I got to the space of owning my story and sharing my story, it opened me up to some of the most incredible people that I've ever met in my life. It allowed me to heal and still heal. I'm still doing it, but healing in ways that I couldn't have ever expected. And it opened up a purpose that I didn't know was going to happen either. I think that's the big piece is that people say, well, it's easy for you because look at how it turned out. I'm like, I didn't, I don't have a crystal ball, just like anyone else. I didn't have any idea of how things would turn out. You have to be willing to go first because you're in a space where it's like, I don't want to live this way anymore. And that's really what it comes down to is that point of when you decide to own that story is knowing that you don't want to do it the way you've been doing it. Like you just don't want to be in the same spot anymore. You don't know what it's going to look like, but owning is taking full radical responsibility for your part in the story mistakes that you've made choices that you made and being able to come to a space of sharing it. Now, not everybody's going to share their story like I do, and that's completely fine. But I I really believe deep down, if you don't own it, it owns you. Sorry, I was just soaking that all in. You just have a way of speaking. Gosh. A lot of of time talking, as some people would say. (laughs) That's perfect. We love talking. Um, So... I did a point, I didn't want to research you too much because I want to get to know you like the listeners are getting to know you. What is your story that you speak of? Mm -hmm. So my story is, I would say I was a very normal parent. I was a parent who, you know, we were raising kids. We'd had, you know, I had lots of challenges in my life. So a lot of people. And we hit a point where we started to experience teen substance abuse. And I'm talking from the level that it, it affected and impacted every single aspect of all of our lives. And in that time, it was like frantically trying to find solutions for my kids 
trying to navigate, keep a full-time job, keep my house, do the things. And then over here, taking care of myself took like a beyond a backseat. Like it just wasn't even on the radar anymore. And I did that for probably a few years where I was really fighting, trying to find ways to find solutions to fix things. I was a fixer. And during that time, I, I virtually lost myself. Like I lost myself in ways that when I say it, I didn't want to be here anymore. That's the kind of loss. And I remember a counselor saying to me that you need to be a springboard if they come back to you. And right now you're nothing but a pile of quicksand. And I know that sounds harsh, but I needed to hear that. That's exactly what she was right. There was no way I could support anyone else because I, I didn't have anything left anymore. And even if, even though I didn't have anything left anymore, I had a lot of energy to hold on to anger and resentment and frustration and all those really low, like low, low vibe, low energy emotions. So I stay in that spot for a long time. And I also couldn't find anybody else talking about this. And I'm like, I'm that person in the middle of the night on Google searching, trying to find, and it's like, how am I the only person in the world who is struggling? Because no one else is talking. And I remember saying that to this counselor that no one else is talking about these things. And she's like, maybe that's because you're supposed to. And I remember having a moment of thinking that's ridiculous. And what if it's not like, it was this possibility moment of a light switch. It's like, what if it's not, what if I actually could do something with this? What if I'm actually meant to do something with this? What if I could turn the worst thing that we'd walk through into something good? And it started to open up like lights of possibility for me that I felt like maybe I should. And so it started super small. Like it was literally um, our school. I had a really good connection and relationship with them. They, I didn't try and hide it with them at all. Like I didn't, they knew what was, what we were walking through. And I remember them saying at one point, will you come in and speak with a couple of other parents? Cause we don't know what to say to them. Like we don't have any experience with this. And I'm like, okay, sure. We'll do that. And we did. And I remember sitting in that moment going like, I think this is going to be something like I have a feeling, but at that point, I literally just thought we're going to be talking to other parents who are walking through the same story because I thought our stories were very linear. Like you struggle with this, you struggle with this. We don't cross each other in a lot of ways. And it wasn't until I started sharing my story that I started to realize that no, it's not about the story at all. Actually, it's about the emotions and the experience and what the feelings are. And over time, eventually people started to connect to the experience that I talked about, not just the story. And over time, it slowly started to grow into um, bigger stages and bigger events and what was happening is everywhere I went, somebody would say, that's my story. I've never told anybody. And I'm seeing people who had held on to shame for decades, not telling a soul. And it made me angry and frustrated. And it gave me fuel to keep going. Like it literally was just like, this is wrong. This is wrong. And we need to do something about it. And so as I started to do that, it just continued to open up different possibilities and over time, I, you know, I wrote my book, I wrote multiple different um, collaborative books, I led collaborative books to help other authors with their stories, started my podcast, and it just became a life on its own, that I actually think is exactly what was supposed to happen. I 100% believe that this is the path that it was supposed to be. 
And, but as humans, we spend so long being frustrated and full of resentment for where we are at when actually, if we can ask ourselves different questions, what if what we're walking through is actually setting us up to perfectly be the person who can help someone else with the experiences that we're walking through. And that's how it's just continued to unfold. And over the last probably couple of years, I've been a guest on probably 150 podcasts at least. And I love the, the, the modality of podcasting because it's a great way to share your story with so many other people. And it will always be a part of my business because I, I relied on podcasts and YouTube when I first started, because they were the only sources of material that I could get that in books. And so it, it really has reminded me like how connected we are by our stories. And I will continue to talk about our stories, you know, until we go, because this is something that I feel that we are so much more alike than different. Very beautifully put. Would you, um, so someone that is maybe loving someone that is battling with some addictions, um, do you have advice for them or what, what would you, what would you tell them in that season of their life? I think that I would say, and I say this with so much love, there's no judgment. I'm saying it with love is, is that you can't save anyone and you can't fix anyone. And I know that that is really hard to hear. Um, The best thing you can do is be the best version of yourself, lead yourself and set your own boundaries as far as how, what you want in your life. We're always, nobody likes to hear this, but we're always teaching people how to treat us. We're always teaching people how to treat us by what we say yes and no to, what we allow, where our boundaries are. And I believe that you can have very firm boundaries in place and make it about you as opposed to that person. So for example, when you're dealing with a story like this and you're dealing with addiction, substance abuse, mental health, It's very easy to speak from a space of you're doing this wrong. And that's why I am not choosing to be around it. I actually would like to empower people that I want you to make the decision and choice because you want something more for your life. You can inspire others to create change in their life by leading yourself and being your best version of yourself. When I got to a point of, stopping trying to fix, manage, and control everything around me and just leading myself first. That's when the words like, that's not my choice and owning my choices came from and owning my story came from. And at the end of the day, like that's what changed my life was being in a space of saying, this is my responsibility. and I'm going to take responsibility for myself. Ultimately, it's what created change for my kids as well right? They had to do the exact same thing. They had to come to a space. And so does every other human on this planet. If they want to create change in their life, they have to be in a space of saying that they want to do it too. Like you can inspire anyone, but that doesn't move them forward. That doesn't create change. And so I know it's really hard. I still get messages. I probably get at least one a week from a parent that comes into my inbox. And I can tell you within seconds where they are on their journey. Not how long they've been living with it, but where they are in their journey. 
And it is, you know, how do I make them stop? How do I make them do this? How do I make them? I'm like, you don't. And it's, it's the worst advice to hear I hate to say it. You can't control someone else's journey, someone else's life. You can't control what happens to them. You can control what's going to happen to you and how you respond to it. And, and that has got to be so hard as a parent when you're put on this planet and it's like, here's this, this person and they're your responsibility. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying is so contradicting to that, but I love it because, because anytime that I have ever been in a situation, I've just needed, like, I don't need someone to tell me how to live my life. I don't need someone to try and change or control. I just need a place that I can land with some love. And I need an example of what my life could be like. And that's, that's very powerful. I thank you for sharing that. And I think that that is, it is very, it's, I I love how you reset that and how you shared that. And I think that I know it's really hard for parents. I know it is like, it's one of the hardest lessons I've ever had to learn. And I also want them to know that even if you don't walk through our story, you're still going to have to learn that lesson because your kids are going to make choices. They're going to make decisions. They're going to make things that you might look at and go like, what are they doing? But that's how we learn. Like, that's how we learn. That's the best ways that we learn. And, and I know it's hard as a parent, but I actually really believe that even if I hadn't walked through what we did with our kids, I would still have to learn those lessons. I would still have to come a time where my kids success or not success, whatever you want to call it is not a reflection of me. And, and I think that's, I, I say this with so much love, but there's so many parents out there who want to wear the badge of honor that my kid has done X, Y, Z. So I'm a good parent. Like I'm a good parent. And that makes me feel better. And okay, sure. But it's, it's not, if your kid's success in life or what they do or don't do is a hundred percent reflection of you as a parent, I just feel like the, the signals are a little bit messed up because, um, I, I used to say this all the time when they're little, sure. Like, sure. Like how they behave and how they respond is definitely a reflection of how you navigate their temper tantrums and their things that happen. But I often, I had to mentally go to a space of going that like, we don't share a brain. We actually don't share a brain. So they have to make those decisions themselves. And as a parent, can you learn to love them? even if they're not doing what you want, even if they're not doing, you know, what you expect of them. I think that's actually more challenging in a lot of ways, but it's, it's really powerful. And I think that when you're dealing with something like substance abuse, we had a lot of experiences where we were going through, you know, parents counseling and, and group. And again, there's no judgment in any of this. I just want to share this piece that we, you know, our kids were young at that point. They were young teens, mid teens, And I would come across other parents whose kids were living at home. You know, they're 40 years old. They're selling their drugs in their house. They parents are like, what do I do? Kick them out now. Like I can't do this. And I remember thinking, I do not want that to be my life in 20. If that is my life in 20 years, I'm not sure I'm going to be here anymore. Like that was just this idea that if I didn't create a change, there was no change that was going to happen. 
And that's the piece of it. And, and, and you can take it, you can apply that to anything, even outside of my story, your story too, is that if you don't change something, whatever you don't change, you're just allowing to continue. And so it is very, very hard lesson to learn. And sometimes we're put in that position. You like hit me right in the feelers. Um, did I? Oh man, did you ever? Um, I have three young kids, and Kaylin like that. They're young, eight, um, six, and five. But mm-hmm. our eight-year-old's a rocket ship. She is an absolute rocket ship. When she's high, she's high, and when she's low, she's low. And mm-hmm. like, just hearing you say, like you don't have the same brain. Like you are speaking what I have been trying to speak to so many people for so long. And like, for me, the magic that Raya holds in that brain is so beautiful. Mm. She is finding her way on how to express that. And it is not my job to make her express it my way. And as a parent of a child like that, it is so hard because the judgment, the looks, the frustration you feel, because the whole time you're sitting there and you're like, oh my word, just stop. You're like, no, she's finding her way. And when she finds it, man, is she going to make waves? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you hit me in the feelers. Thank you for sharing that. That is beautiful. Like, thank you for sharing that because she, I do believe our kids choose us. And I do believe that. So if she has that in her, that spark, that, that, that light allowing her to learn. Now I'm not saying kids don't need rules. That is not what I'm saying, but allowing them to be them is something that is really, it's very freeing. It's very powerful. And I think that's actually part of what your job is. Like there, there were times where my, especially my one son, like that, man, that kid did not want to fit in any box ever, 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 ever. He did not want to fit in a box. And I don't even want to tell you how much time we spent at the school with him in trouble. Cause it was just, it was just nonstop because he didn't want to fit in the box that they had for him. And there were times it's like, you can choose to do that. You a hundred percent can. Here's the consequence of that choice. Cause every single one has a consequence. Now, can you let them have their consequence without applying a massive amount of shame and criticism on them at the same time? It's just a fact. Here's the consequence. This is what you chose. This is the consequence of it done. It's not going to be the first mistake you make. It's not going to be the last one. It's going to happen, but letting them have that experience, letting them build some feedback within themselves. Maybe they won't make the same one again. But it's really easy. I know I did it. I made massive mistakes as a parent. I just don't ever want it to come across that I didn't because I did. But it is this piece on letting them figure some things out. And that becomes so powerful because I often say, like, if you take on all of their wins, a lot of parents want to take their wins, right? That's the badge. My kid did this. My kid did this. All these things. If you want to do that, you get to take all the mistakes too. You get to take, you don't get to pick and choose, cherry pick which things you want to take of your kids as your badge of honor. If you're going to take them, you take them all. And that was the piece where I got to a point where it was like, I'm not taking that. And my one son came back and he was like, I'm going to go back to school. I'm like, that's a great idea. 
And he's like, do you think I could do it? I'm like, well, I think so. hundred percent. Well, I want to do it this way. And I want to be able to do it in like less time and do it. I'm like, that's fantastic. Do you think I can? I'm like, yeah. Do you think you can? He's like, yeah. I'm like, awesome. Do that. And he did. And it was like, literally at the end, I know once I heard somebody and a family member almost trying to, I want to say this, take, um, the benefit of like, I did this for him. This is why he did this. And I was like, no, 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 you don't actually get to take his win from him. That's his win. He did that. And if you want to take his win, you get to take all the mistakes too. Are you taking those? Cause you are you going to cherry pick which ones you want? And I remember him saying to me, that doesn't feel good when they say that. And I said, nor should it. That's your win. Let them, like, how do you think they're going to build confidence? Let them take those wins. And if it's something that's a mistake, then let them learn from it. That's the only way they're going to be able to build confidence because we don't have kids to keep them forever, right? That's actually not why we have them. We're here to guide them because we want them to be able to function on their own outside of us as adults. And if we don't want them to be able to function on their own outside of us, that's another story. That's another, that's another codependent thing that is like a parent needs to, to get real and do some work on. That's not our job. Our job is to help them become self-sufficient adults when they're not with us. Okay. I just want to say, um, that that was so amazing, but, um, Oh gosh, here we go. Okay. What I love about this is um, when you're like, that's just a fact. You choose this choice. There's, this is the consequence. You choose it. Cool. Here's your consequence. It takes like that head to head battle out of it. Like my parents were like, you can't do that because it's bad. And I'm like, I'm going to do this (laughs) because you told me not to. And Mm -hmm. it was like, it was like that, that huge, like, I'll show you, but really it's like, no, now you have to live through this consequence. Mm -hmm. And, and it, I like, that is just so cool. Like remove yourself from it and show them like, okay, you, you get to choose in life. Mm -hmm. It's up to you. This Mm -hmm. is your life. You choose accordingly, but know Mm -hmm. that choices come with consequences. And they a hundred percent do a hundred, sorry, there's a, they a hundred percent do. And there might be times where you actually are like, I know once my son got into trouble at school, he got into a fight at school. He was younger. They, they knew that he jumped in and protected a kid who was being bullied. Okay. So fighting was a consequence that like the issue consequence of that was being suspended. We knew this. That's just the school's fact. And I'm like, so, you know, for a fact, he didn't start it. He actually went in, he, he helped a kid who was being bullied. Yes. And I remember him saying, it's not fair that I got suspended. And I'm like, well, actually it's still fair because that's their choice in how they do things. I think you have a bigger issue. The fact that you saw and you knew that he stepped in for a kid that was being bullied. So why weren't you doing something sooner? But that's up to you guys and how you deal with that. And so I respect that you have the consequences of a suspension, but once we leave this school, I'm actually probably going to go buy him ice cream because I think it's fantastic what he did. So, so it's like, I'm literally not, he's not in trouble. I respect that. That's your rules. And you have to have rules. I understand that. But if you're telling me you watch the whole thing and that's exactly what he did. Yeah. We're not, it's not going to be an issue past this. So you can still do both is what I'm trying to say. You can have rules and be able to follow them 
because, because society has rules, right? Life has rules. Like that's just part of how things work, but you can also choose how you respond in some of those situations. Um, I also like we're in the midst again with our oldest talking about choices and that we've been giving her like, well, this is what we would like to do. It's your choice. What's, what is the consequence? And we've been talking about like every choice has a consequence, whether it's a good consequence or a bad consequence, every single choice that we make in life has a consequence and we get to choose what direction we take. And we're trying Mm -hmm. to, you know, put the power in her hands, like your choice Mm-hmm. No, there's consequences. And no mm-hmm. matter what, mommy and daddy will walk alongside you. No matter what path you choose, we will be there. Mm-hmm. But it, the power is yours. They, you're giving her the knowledge of knowing she's supported, but it's not controlled. And that just, and it's a, it's that challenging piece, but being able to do that and not like apply like that shame, criticism, judgment, all those pieces in between giving them a chance to have feedback and say, well, you know what? I didn't really like that one this time. Maybe next time I'll do it differently. Mm -hmm. Let them build that within themselves. That's a trust within themselves. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. I always uh, remember too, when Kaylin was at my house and Rowan, our middle came up, he's like, mom, I want to cut my hair. I was like, okay, cool. And Kaylin like looked at me. I'm like, well, if he cuts it and looks bad, he'll learn. And I bet you he'll never cut it again. And he actually didn't cut it, but but he wasn't being told he couldn't. Right. And it yeah. was like, and that's exactly what you're talking about. Kaylin is that it's just very much, maybe it's because you give them the freedom to choose. Maybe they're going to make a different choice. If you say you absolutely can't, maybe they're going to do it just because. And honest to God, that was a pivotal moment in my life. I looked at Mel and I was like, first in shock, but then secondly, I'm like, good for you. <laughs> Because at the end of the day, like, if he goes to school with a crazy haircut, like, we all just think that that's a reflection of her parenting. But it's not. (laughs) It's not. That is a choice that her child made. And Mm -hmm. he has the freedom to choose that choice because Mm -hmm. now he has to live with the consequence. Yeah. And let them pick your battles. Like, seriously, that is not a battle that you have to go to war with. Like, it's just, there's, if I look, there's battles all day long, every day. I could literally take part in, like, hundreds of them. But we get to a point, you talk about like with boundaries and understanding, like, where do I need to put my energy? And it's just in before this happened to us, I put it everywhere. I was literally micromanaging. Well, I thought that was like a badge of honor that I could literally do it all. And then it was like, wait, if I really look at it, like 90% of what my energy is going to is not even mine to control. And it's not something I'm fixing. And what's happening is, is I don't have any energy left for me. Now I'm resentful and angry because I have nothing left for me, but I'm the one that's creating the problem in the first place. And that's where it comes down to is recognizing that piece about like owning my choices and what am I taking responsibility for? And it comes back to that whole springboard and quicksand situation, right? It's like, how, how do you none of this is in your control. Like what other people are choosing to do with their life is not in your control, but are you that place that they can come to? It the That message I have, I mean, I, I don't know if there's too many days that that message doesn't hit home for me. I'm not, I'm serious. It's just something that has continued because I also think like when I'm in a space that I'm frustrated, when I'm in a space that I feel like I have too much going on, that I, I feel like no one is helping me. I always stop and it's like, am I asking for help? Am I being clear on what I need to do? Do I actually have to do the 20 things that I put on my list? No, I don't. And 
so it's, it's like, that's an expectation I've kind of set myself up for. And so I come back to, it and it's like, it's my cup and saucer. And I think I've shared that. I, I might even share it on stage that day, but it's at least Nichols example of the cup and saucer. We all hear about filling your cup. And most people think of it as just filling your cup. The thing is, is that she explained it, it's always stuck with me. You fill your cup to overflow and the overflow goes in the saucer. The saucer is what you feed others with. We are trying to feed from our cups at all times. Not only are we trying to feed from our cups, but we're angry because my cup is empty when I think someone else is supposed to fill it and no one else is going to fill it. It has to come from me. And I could do a really good job of filling my cup today. Like, I'm so proud of everything I've done. There's been overflow. I've got things to, like, I can give when I'm in a podcast because I've, I've given to myself first. And even if I do like a hundred percent bang up job today, tomorrow, my cup still starts empty. It's not a carryover. And so it is a responsibility that I have every day to myself. If I want to be my best version and do the things that I love to do, it always starts with me. It always starts with us always. And that's a great thing to teach your kids. It's a great thing to teach your kids too. That reminds me, our friend Brenda always says, but me first. And I love mm-hmm. the cup and saucer analogy. And I, what I also love is how you said it doesn't carry over each day because I got stuck in a rut that if I took my care of myself on the first of the month, I thought, well, great, I'll be good until October 1st. Sweet. That's that. And I got stuck in that rut. And so I was, my cup was not overflowing at all. No, no, I'm sure. Yeah, that was a very good try, but no, it doesn't work that way. Nope. And I guess that that's the importance of daily habits. You'd be lost without them. And it's not, it's mm-hmm. not about perfection, right? I, I still think there's also a lot of, um, I don't know what the word is. There's a lot of talk, especially in the online space, um, building your business, entrepreneurship. You have to have the morning routine that looks like that. You got to be meditating. You got to do breath work. You have to move. You got to exercise. You should get out in nature. You should do your journaling. You should read. You should podcast. You should do like, it becomes this overwhelming that, we're constantly consuming, but we're not doing. And so I just like to look at it that it's like, I have a whole toolbox of things that I can pull on. One of the best things I've ever learned for me is to build a better relationship with me so that I can ask, what do I need today? Like, what do I need today? I know I'm better with movement every single day. There's no question, but what movement do I need? Do I need to, like, I I walk probably an hour and a half total a day. Some days it's going to be two, two and a half because I don't need to lift away. Some days I really need to lift away. It feels good. So build the relationship with yourself so that you know what you need. Because I often say our bodies are really funny. You could do exactly the same thing every single day, eat the same, sleep the same, drink the water the same. And some days I wake up and I'm like, I am going to take on the world today. I feel amazing. And the next day I wake up and I'm like, God, I hope I make it through today. Like, I don't know what I did differently. That's the power of like build that relationship. And I never had that relationship before. I literally had the life where it was like, these days were my strength workouts. These were my cardio. This is what I, it was so regimented. There was no room for listening to how I felt. That's completely different now. So I have a toolbox of tools and some days I'll read longer. Some days I journal some day, like, what do I need? What feels good today? What's going to support me in my best way possible today. If I have a day of a lot of podcasts and sometimes I'll have four or five podcasts in one day, you want to bet that day starts out quieter. 
It is like pouring into me more. I might be listening to meditation. I do a longer walk and I listen to what I need. And I still think that is like a tool that I'm so grateful I learned through this process. I feel like you're my new best friend. (laughs) I'm good. I like having more friends. So (laughs) I started the movement strictly based on intentional and purposeful movement of your body, mind, and soul every day. So meeting yourself where you are. And Beautiful. you just like, man, my heart was going like, oh man, she's my best friend and she doesn't even know it yet. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love that you're doing that. And I love that, that, and I mean, I didn't know exactly what it was that you did. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And I love that you're doing that. And I think you're setting up like more and more moms to know that it's okay to do that. You build that relationship with yourself and then you lead intentionally every single day. But I also think you're setting that up. Your kids are seeing it. And I think that's a fantastic message that they're seeing at the same time. Yeah, it's uh, and it is because I got fell in the rut of you lift this day, you run this day, you do this day. And there'd be days where I'd be exhausted. I'm like, something is it's something's got to give and it's going to be me. I am going to give. And I was finding that routine not filling my cup because it was something oh. I had to do. I wasn't listening to what I needed. So similar to you, if like I know there's a busy day ahead, you, you bet I'm going to sit in silence and just close down my eyes and meditate or I'm going to read in silence or stretch. And then some days I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to give her. Let's go. <laughs> oh. I love it. I love you said that because it's exactly the same. Same days. I'm like, just killing on weights. I feel so good. And then that next day it's like, nope, this is a mobility day. This Mm -hmm. feels good. At the end of the day, as long as you're feeling good and you're listening and you're fueling yourself and you're taking care of your health, I think that's what matters. A hundred percent. I had a year of, um, (laughs) actually it's kind of funny. 2020, my word was explore. Well, I didn't get to explore too many. It was interesting because I thought like explore like um, the world and places and things and everything like that. But what it actually turned into is exploring these tools to know what is meant for me. And I think that when I gave myself that permission to just try new things um, and listen to my body and my mind and my soul, it it's just a beautiful thing. And I love that you're just like, yep going into the toolbox today, sitting with myself, what do I truly need? And I love that because I'm I'm not a very truly kind of person. So that is, that definitely hits home with me. Hmm. And Marsha, the other thing that really hit home with me is um, the day that I heard your story, like when you, when you shared your story, um, like my brother has, um, battled through addictions for a very long time and I you know when we were younger I was like I I just always felt responsible for him I'm the older sister and I need to like help him through the hardships of our childhood and there was a very like huge like you know probably a bit of a codependency or or something like but like just that extreme responsibility and so when you were like, when you did share your story, I, it really gave me the freedom to realize that like, I am the problem here. And I mean that to myself with love 
and I wasn't offended by anything you said. It was just like this huge awakening of just being like, um, I have prolonged his rock bottom for too long. And I am not leading by example because I have nothing left to give him except for extreme shame and guilt and frustration because that is what he is making me feel right now. And it's not even... I feel this guilt because I have taken on, I've made him part of my identity for too long. And there just, there just came a point where I'm just like, it is his journey. And when you know that someone deals with addiction, suicidal thoughts, all of those things to let go of that and know that like they very well could make the worst choice of their life yeah that is so hard but being that person that is no longer quicksand is empowering knowing that like my brother now knows that he has so much unconditional love for me and I am a place where he can come that there is not judgment and I also love that like I use those words I don't agree with this choice. Like, I wouldn't choose this, but you you have, and that's okay. And what are you going to do? And what 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 has come of this choice, you know, and where are we going with this? And he is now, like, there's so many times where I thought that he was going to kill himself. And and I brought him in. Like, I was like, I just, we, you're going to live with me. We're going to fix this. I'm going to show you all of the things that you need to do, and it's going to be fine. And then this one day, he just looked at me. He's like, I'm moving the fuck out before I kill myself or you. And I was just like, I failed. And it just, like, hit me, like, a ton of bricks, and I was just so broken. But it needed to happen because it was so toxic between us. Like, it was just, he didn't need fixing. He didn't need me to tell him how to live his life. He needed someone to love him without judgment. And now that I have learned that and that has shifted in our relationship, like, I am just so unbelievably proud of him. And, like, he is now 25 and he is just like doing it. He is just he's figured it out and it's just been so lovely. But there needed to be that shift in me in order to have this strong of a relationship and a connection with him without trying to control him. So that was a huge pivotal moment. So thank you. Yeah. Oh. You're so welcome. Thank you for sharing what you did. And again, I just want to share that I'm grateful that my words spoke to you. You still took action. You still move forward. You still did like you actually put those things in place. And I'm so you've given that relationship a chance. You've, you know, I don't want to say say protected yourself even more in the process and now you can be there as a source of support without the resentment, the frustration, the anger, the shame, the, those pieces. And you're allowing him to find that within himself. And I, and I know I've had many people say, again, I've had people say, it's easy for you because it all worked out. I'm like, there was no point it was easy. There was no point that it was easy. And I had no guarantee of any of that. 
I had no guarantee at those points. That was those, those days were about how can I save myself? Cause I'm going to go down with the ship. Like I'm literally going to go down with the ship if I don't do something else. And I remember having that moment. Everybody talks about like that moment on the floor when I sat there and I was like, all I kept hearing were the words were stop, like, just stop, stop what you're doing. It's not working. And I knew it wasn't working, but I didn't know what else to do. And stop meant let go and stop trying to control, fix, manage every single thing that's happening around you and let them have the experience to figure out what they want to do next. We still have, I mean, there's no guarantee in life. I know that there's no guarantee of any kind. We've just worked really hard to build those relationships to be a space that you can call me anytime. And I've even said these, these words, you can call me anytime and I'm here to be a source of support and ear for you. That does not mean I can fix your problems. And it does not mean that you might like my answers, but you're free to call at any time. And I think that's the piece is opening up that door. That non-judgmental door is really powerful. You can build, you can build really beautiful relationships from that point. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And I think that also one other pivotal thing within this journey was um, when you let go, you realize how much you've been avoiding your own shit and trying to oh. fix someone else. So then that's when the real like rewarding work happens because you're not outsourcing your energy to be like, oh, okay, I can I can fix you because I don't actually want to fix myself. So I'll just pour everything into you, but then really actually just lose myself while loving you and then getting nowhere with you because that's not my job. It's your journey, not mine. So that was a big aha moment as well. That's, and that, that's, that explanation that you just beautifully gave is not just for addiction. It's also for parents and young kids and et cetera. Like if you're there, there has to come a point where you recognize that you have to take care of yourself. And the second I stopped trying to own everyone else's choices, it was like, okay, so if I start with mine first, it's like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, I've really let a whole lot of these things go in my life and it's going to start with me first. But that also means that you're not going to fix and change yourself with shame and judgment and criticism and those things either, right? Like those, they, they, they don't work. It doesn't work. It just tends to be something we all revert back to. When I think too, like as a parent, I mean, you don't want to see your kids hurting. That just like cuts you deep. And that's where it's so hard to be like, they have to make their own choices. They have to make their own path. Hurting will make them who they are meant to be. That is, and uh, it's tough. Like, I can't imagine just stepping and being like, no, I have to take care of me. I'm here to listen to you. I am here to support you. I will give you my honest opinion, but your choices are your choices. And watching them make those choices sometimes, you're like, oh no. And your heart just aches, but you know, mm -hmm. it has to happen gut-wrenching and it's, and it's, and it's gut-wrenching now. And you can come to a space of recognizing that you still might have to be navigating other people's energy too. Cause I'll still have family who will say things. I saw a family who will say things that it's like, you know what? I, I'm not asking. And I actually have gotten to that space. Um, that helped me navigate some of those earlier years is that everybody has opinions Oh, thank God. Everybody has opinions. We don't ever have a shortage of opinions, but I got to a point, a point that it's like, if you're not in 
I use Brene Brown's quote, right? In the arena, like we're in the arena with us. Um, you know, do you take pe- advice from people who are in the arena? But I like to take it one step further. Are you in the 500 seats, the cheap 500 seats, like spitting down advice? Or are you actually like on the floor walking with me? Very few people are walking with me on the floor. And I'm not willing to take advice from somebody who's not in the arena or in the cheap seats. And so when I would get advice from family, sometimes that was really difficult because when I was family, it's worse, it makes it harder, right? We know that. And it'd be like, are you willing to actually walk in my shoes? Like literally come live at my house for a week. So maybe I could go somewhere and sleep. That would be amazing. Could we just like swap houses? Oh, you're not offering that. Oh, you have just words of advice. Okay. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. And so really when it comes back down to taking that responsibility for yourself, like I've, we've built a much better relationship with both of them and it can still be challenging outside of that because other people will still have opinions at the same time. I decided sometimes I I didn't ask, like I actually didn't ask. And some people say, well, that's like really kind of manipulative. I'm like, but I didn't ask, like, I'm actually not asking. So it's, you know, thanks for your opinion, but I'm not asking. And it's okay to say that learning how to respond differently has also saved me a lot of energy. Cause man, I could take on every single fight that happened around me. I just took it as like, Oh, those were all my battles to fight. And it's like, no, that's not mine. That's not mine. That's not mine. So I just wanted to share that sense that even when you work to build that relationship, you still might have challenges outside of that with family who have different opinions or they're not in the same journey that you're on. They're not doing the work that you're doing there. And it doesn't make you better or worse or the same. It's just, just recognizing that you're not here to change them either. Uh, that is what I'm struggling with right now, but I like it. I didn't ask. And I do like that. Like if you're not willing to come to walk in my shoes, then I don't need yep. to and I don't yeah. think there's any people that would like to come, like they've got their own life to live. So go live your life. <laughs> I will continue to do mine and do what I feel yeah. is right for myself and my little team. Yep. Best thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Literally the best thing. I think it, it all comes down to none of us have been taught how to listen properly. Mm-hmm. Like we just always want to jump in and fix instead of being like, hmm, thank you for sharing that with me you're going through a hard season, you know, like, but that just doesn't always feel like enough. You know, I'm just, and, and I think that that's where a lot of, yeah, we don't, we don't need solutions. We just sometimes just need to knock it out and be heard. I I love that you shared that. And I think that, uh, I think it's actually a really important piece. I, I mean, I'm grateful. I'm beyond grateful. I have women in my life now that if I messaged them at any point and said, do you have a minute to help me talk through something? They would say yes. And I will often say, I don't need you to fix this. I don't need a solution. I just need to hear someone to hear me so that I can shift this. And that's just holding space for somebody. And a lot of times the answer that they'll say is like, I hear you and I see you. And I want you to know that you're not alone and you're allowed to feel those things. What's your next step that you're going to do? And it's, it's a beautiful thing is when you can build this connection that we learn how to listen to each other, as opposed to jumping in and fixing. I mean, I think it's actually really important. I've even had those conversations with my husband many times. I'm like, I don't need you to fix this. I need you to listen. He's like, okay. Yep. And it's just like, so having that conversation is really important 
because it allows us to speak more openly. And I do believe it helps us to become better listeners because I reciprocally have those relationships with, with those same women. If they message me, I'm like, oh, something's up. Like, what can I do for you now? What can, what do you need help with? And so I think it's a beautiful thing. And I think when we're in a, in a, a season of life where we have lots of things going on or there's like a problem or something, it gets all jumbled up in our head. And then by just speaking it out loud to someone, you know, that is not going to just instantly reply, fix, or judge you. It yeah. gets it, that it's that clarity. You get to talk it out. You get to, he- it's a sounding board. You get to hear yourself and be mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. And then to hear what is your next step? I'm like, yeah, great question. Oh, well, this makes sense now. X, Y, and Z done. Thank you. Moving on. <laughs> you, you, you nailed it. And this is where like some of the, um, NLP, like the neuro-linguistic program comes into place. When you understand the power of your thoughts and your emotions, like we are literally repeating, like we are robots. We don't even realize we're living groundhog day. We are repeating. Um, I think we have 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. of them are repeated from the day before. And 90% of those are negative. Like when you think about like, that is crazy that we're on this loop of doing it. So the reason I I share that is, is that if you keep those thoughts trapped in your head, most of the time they're toxic, like literally they're toxic. Like they're not good. If you say them out loud, it's like, who would you let talk to that way? Nobody, but we do it to ourselves the whole time. So when you have a safe person you can talk to and you can get those thoughts out, it allows you to look at it and go like, do I actually think that? Like, is that actually true? It's hardly ever true. And do I want to believe that? No, I don't. So it's really becomes powerful to navigate through that and building that tribe of people, of women that can support you, can listen and help you. It's all possible but it starts with you deciding first you lead we're right back to where we started like you leading yourself you giving to yourself so that you can bring your best self forward to be able to do that for your people in your life too i often say it's my brain vomit moment like i just need to brain vomit on you like i have so many thoughts i just need to brain vomit it all and then eventually i'm going to come to where i need to be so i can actually think mm-hmm and solve the problem because I can't right now. My mind's going a million places. So let me vomit all this stuff out. (laughs) My way is not working. Sometimes I'll say that. I'm like, can you just help me? Like, I can't even think of what my next step is. I did this yesterday. I literally, my husband come in, he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know, actually. Can you help me for a second? I have about 20 ideas in my head. And I've got like probably five ideas for supper out. I've got a laptop going because I'm creating something for a program. I'm literally doing this. I got the barbecue going. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Actually, can you just help me for a second? Because I can't even think straight right now. I can't. And it was like, okay, we're going to like shut her down, simplify and just focus on this. And so I think it's, we actually do need to get those thoughts out. Yeah. Uh, today we received a letter that they're added another teacher to Rael's class. So they're going to miss mix up the teacher or the classes again. And I instantly went to straight anger. And when I go to that place, I call Ryan and I just start, he knows because he goes silent and he just listens to me as I spew. And he's like, okay, so what's the worst that'll happen? Well, she'll get, mm, moved. It's great. we should get moved. And then I guess she'll continue school. Okay. 
And I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. No, it's, and having, like you said, having that group of people where, you know, like anything that comes out, because sometimes when we're in that moment of frustration, loss, things come out of your mouth that you don't mean, but they're there. And to mm-hmm. have that base of people that, you know, there is no judgment. They know mm-hmm. you to your very essence. So they know what is true coming out and what is just that I'm overwhelmed is a really great place to be. I I couldn't agree more. And I often think that, you know, I when I think about some of the closest people I have in my life, they have seen me at probably my lowest vulnerable moments. So if you're listening to this and you're trying to prevent others seeing you in those moments, you're literally blocking who you could have in your life. Like the depth of the relationships that I have are because they've all seen me at really low vulnerable moments. And that's actually where that foundation starts. Like there's the human side, there's the piece of it. And you start to build that connection. And so I think by avoiding those conversations and avoiding like letting people see you, you're literally blocking what could be some of the best connections and relationships you have in your life. Oh yeah. Some of the best relationships. They've seen me pretty ugly. Hey, Kaylin. Yeah. Likewise. (laughs) And, and I think that, yeah, those relationships, because they know you to your core values, they know who you are as a person. They also get to check you too. And it comes from a place of love and not judgment. And then you're just like, oh yeah. Okay. Thank you. Back on course. Needed that. Let's keep going. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 100%. 100% agree. So we are coming to the end, unfortunately. Marsha, we're going to put you on the spot. We are doing a live Q&A with Mel and Kay. You got a question for us? <laughs> oh, I have a question for you. Do I have yep. a question for you? Um, I like being on the spot. Let me give me a second. Why did you decide to start the podcast together? Mm. And why the name? I love the name, but tell me why the podcast and why the name? So Mel and I met in 2019 on a pullout couch and we were just kind of always, (laughs) um, always kind of just talked about it. Like we've, we loved our conversations and we're just like, we need to share this with the world. And then the name came to me. Was I in the shower or something? No, that sounds weird. No, I wasn't. (laughs) No, I just, I, it kind of just all came together. Like, I don't even know. It was coming. So I was driving back from Cultivate. Mm. I was driving back. So we, yeah, the minute we met, there was an instant connection and we just got really deep. Like the first time we met and that's just been our conversations ever since. And like the disgusting, the sad, the frustrated, like anything, nothing was off the table. And we were just like, man, you know, we need to bring this to life so that we can a bring back the art of conversation where we don't filter ourselves where we just say what we say and what's actually happening in our lives because that's how we created this bond i said something she said something it resonated with each other then we grew deeper then we found out that actually her stepmom and i went to the same school and it just spiraled and spiraled and spiraled and we wanted to unveil and demask the lack of vulnerability that we show nowadays 
because there's this idea that you have to be perfect and perfect does not exist. No, it does not. And so therefore we are naked because we are bearing it all. And we're a little bit afraid because there, when you present yourself in your full self, even when you're leaning in alignment, you're human. And so there is that fear behind it, that there are going to be opinions and judgments, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. And, and to put it out into the world, it's still like, I don't know, when we get on here and Mel and I are just shooting the shit, it just feels like just another phone conversation. You know, we're just doing it. And then people will message us and be like, this hit home. I'm like, oh my God, I keep forgetting that the world can hear this. <laughs> so that's where like that, that afraidness comes in because, you know, we all just want love and belonging and, and. I think for so many years, our belonging has been so surface level that when we're when we're releasing very vulnerable things out into the world that could be controversial or create uncomfortableness or judgment in other people, we're just like we have that fear that we won't belong. But going back to what you said, Marsha, is just like once you find your people, it's like it's just it's belonging like you've never experienced. And I that is what we are creating is we are creating a community where we're all just sitting at the table we're all just really good friends and nothing is off the table like we talked about shitting ourselves in the last episode you know like (laughs) just all of it the good the bad the ugly the disgusting the dirty shameful shadowy parts of ourselves everything that's beautiful thank you for sharing that like you know as the second you give it a voice shame can't live and it can't survive. And all of a sudden you're going to find people who are like, oh my God, me too. Like, oh my God, that's like me too. And I think that's a beautiful part about podcasting is people will connect to your message and relate to it. And it's like, yeah, there are times I forget that. Like, what did I say then? I don't know. Like, I have no idea what I said because I just do it and I record it, but it's a, it's a beautiful way to connect. And especially in this time of online space, for allowing people to get to know, like, and trust you, like podcasting to me is like, that's, that's where it's more of the real me. Mm-hmm. How many episodes do you have now, Marsha? Um, on my one show, we are at 605 and on my other show, we're at 106. I think 106 is coming up this week. And like I said, since last September, I've been on, I think 120 as a guest. So it's like, that's a lot of talking. Like that's an awful lot of talking. Um, but it's been great. Like I put my, I put myself in the challenge of, I wanted to become a guest more because I think it's a great way to work your skills even more and just differently. Right. So I've got to be on a a number of different podcasts, but yeah, I'm definitely like, it's, it's, it's been a lot. And in the last um, few months, I've had some unbelievable conversations that have just really, it's just like, this is the work I'm here to do. I just got to interview the, um, the executive director from the sound of freedom movie. And I, to me, that was just uh, like, it was just such a a powerful moment. I was so grateful that I got to do that and to have that conversation. And I know that those kinds of conversations are not what a lot of people like that's not for everybody. And that's okay. Cause I'm not trying to be for everybody, 
But I do believe deep down, I am here to talk about the topics that people don't want to talk about. That's what I literally say. It's the stuff that people don't want to talk about. Oh, you don't talk about that? Oh, we're going to talk about that. That's exactly what we're going to do. So yeah, that's definitely, it's, it's crazy. Honestly, it's crazy when I think of it. And I had a moment where I'm like 600, 600, but yeah, it's, and we've probably recorded, I bet you we've probably recorded like 650, 640, 650. So Yeah. Kaylin and I are just shocked that people listen to us. <laughs> we legit thought we were just going to put this out for our 85-year-old selves to listen back to one day and reminisce. I love that. I love that. You're going to look back on it and go like, oh my God, look at what we were talking about. Look what we were doing. Yeah. And then when yeah. people reach out, it's it's surreal. You're like, oh. Mm-hmm. Or listen back and you're like, wow, that was great advice, Mel. Maybe put in your pocket again. Oh, I, it doesn't, this sounds so strange, but I listen to my own. So I'm very much, um, I I'm at a point where I'll, you know, I'll have some sticky notes and an idea and all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my God, I have to record and I'll sit down and it will just come out. Right. And then sometimes I'll batch record. I'll have a few weeks ahead of time done. And then all of a sudden it pops up, which one is releasing. And I'm like, Oh wow. That's not a coincidence. That message is for me today. I have to listen to my own words. Like I literally have to listen to my own advice. And, and, and it does. I believe that when I get into the zone in podcasting, I believe that's my higher self that is literally dropping down that advice. And then there are times when I need to go back and listen to it too. Yeah. And you said it earlier when you were just like, um, starting your speaking career, when you're just like, you just knew, um, (laughs) like with, Mel, I just, I just knew like with our, our relationship, you know, you don't meet someone at a freaking professional development day on a pullout couch and then go through a whole pandemic and not see each other for like another, what, two, three years in person. And then like, wow, I just knew like, um, and, and with naked and a little bit afraid, both of us are unattached to what it's going to be, but I know it's going to be it because it already is. It already is huge. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how many people are following us or how many people are listening. It just is huge. The response that we have had, we just wanted to like selfishly do it, but we are impacting people in a very positive way. And that's cool when you're doing this work. That's a very good feeling. And it is your higher self, I believe. Like, we got this message that we needed to do it. We acted on it. And now it's just been flowing. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Good for you guys. Honestly, I just, I, and so many people are like saying, well, there's, there's already lots of podcasts. There's like, I'm like, no, there's, there is no you. Like there is no you like that. That's the beautiful thing. Yes. There's a lot of podcast ideas. If you're going to go out and try and create it like somebody else's, then I say, no, don't do that. Like find your way, your voice, your message. And there is no other you. So there's no one else could do it like you guys do. And there's no competition because we'll just always have more than what we need. None, none right now. I'm in a space where we're like starting with authors and writing their book. And I just had a conversation with somebody today and she was like, do you see many books out there like this? And I'm like, I don't, it's in her, it's beautiful story. I don't. And it doesn't matter if I do, because no one's going to do it like you. Like, it doesn't matter if I, it doesn't. And she's like, oh, 
so I can just like let go of thing. I'm like, that's wasted energy. Like it's not, it doesn't matter because it's, it's no one is going to do it like you do. And so that's the piece of it is that we're not actually competing with anybody. If you're truly being who you are and like being in that space, you're not competing with anyone. You're competing with a really good book I can reference to share. And I still refer to it all the time. It's called the gap in the gain. And I love that book. It's a little book. I can't even think of who, who, who wrote it, but, um, the point being is, is that when you stand in the gap, you are looking outward at comparing yourself to where others are. So where are you in comparison to others? That's the gap and the gap social media is hundred percent. The gap that's all social media is when you understand that it's like in a gap comparison, you, when you stay in the gap, you lose sight of who you are, your voice, your message, what you're here to do. It gets all muddled with what everyone else is doing. But when you stand in the gain, the gain is standing and comparing yourself to who you were yesterday and last month and last year and five years ago. And so every time I feel the level of frustration, I stop and I'm like, oh shit, you're in the gain again. Like you're in the gap again. You're literally in the gap again. Okay, well, how do I get myself out of the gap? I need to put more boundaries in social media. I need to not be on there. I don't need to scroll. Where am I today compared to where I was like a year ago, five years ago? And I literally sit down and write down gratitudes for what I've done differently. And that, like, that is a, it's a switch that I do and use, I bet you at least once a day. And it's really power, it's a really simple book, but it was just a reminder of stay in your lane and compare yourself to yourself. That's what your, that's what your goal is, is you want to be like moving towards the direction that you want to be where you want to go because you're comparing yourself to yourself. I love that. Thank you for sharing. And it's funny that you bring it up because I've wanted to reach out to you for so long to get you on naked and a little bit afraid, but I was like, Oh my she's just done so many things like I just don't know and it was very much like I was comparing our podcast to yours not and I'm just like she's too advanced for us sit with me for so long and then like I've been just doing this very like who qualifies you like all this work and I'm just like we are qualified and I'm going to put it out there and if if she feels called to be on it she'll be on it and if and if she isn't doesn't want to be on it that's okay it's not a reflection of us it's just not an alignment and that's okay it's not meant to be moving on but just like the sense of like putting yourself out there is hard but the more you do it the easier it gets and when you don't take it personally either right Mm -hmm. like and now here we are (laughs) I know I'm so glad you asked I don't think there was any hesitation on my part I was like sure I'd love to do it I actually really love seeing people take a shot. I love like that is something that I freaking love is seeing people like shoot their shot and just ask. And because I do it, I, I literally try and do something that makes me uncomfortable and and not be attached to it. Like when I, I reached out to Paul from the Sound of Freedom, I'm like, oh, he's gonna, what, what do I have to, but what do I have to lose? I've got nothing to lose. And, and I think that's the piece when we can start to do that, we're going to really start to just like, surprise ourselves of what we're capable of doing. Um, but I will forever, and I mean this, I will forever support people when it feels aligned, support people who are especially starting out in this journey, um, in podcasting, in sharing stories, because I just, I think that 
I mean, we all benefit. I just think we all benefit. So I'm so grateful that you, I don't know how long you thought about it for, but I'm grateful that you got past that and asked. She was fangirling so hard when you said yes to. She sent me a snap. She's like, I have our next person. It's <laughs> You're so sweet. You're so cute. She's not lying. <laughs> <laughs> I am grateful you asked and I'm grateful you guys had me here and I love this conversation. This is just a, like I said, I will happily support anything that you're doing. And um, I, there's, there's so much room for everybody. There's just so much room for everybody. I really believe that deep down in my core and we can all, what is it? The, I use this one too every day, but like the rising tide lifts all ships. There's like all ships get to rise. All of them get to rise. Like it's not a case of that one does and one doesn't. They all get to, and we can all support each other. So I'm grateful that you asked. And I'm very grateful that we were able to make this work so easily trying to navigate three different time zones. Like this conversation was (laughs) meant to be. Yeah. It wasn't that hard considering- different time zones I was like how about these options you're like how about this one I'm like good let's do that one yeah. very easy it was, so meant to be. it was meant to be because yeah. sometimes it's not that easy <laughs> no no I know I understand I do understand I do oh. okay well thank you so much Marsha we appreciate all of your your wisdom your time and just the work that you are doing and we're very excited we'll take everything in the show notes uh go check Marsha out And like always, thank you so much for stripping with us, guys. Stay weird.